Hey everyone, it's your host of See Jurassic Right, Stephen Ray Morris here, just dropping in to say, I hope you've been enjoying all the new episodes in 2023 and 2024 so far. There are new interviews with filmmakers, musicians, scientists, the screenwriter of Land Before Time, audio essays about the rich history of the Jurassic Park and Jurassic World franchise, and all the news about the upcoming animated show Jurassic World Chaos Theory and the as-of-yet untitled Jurassic World sequel coming next summer. I really need your help supporting the show right now, and you can do that by leaving a tip and or giving a monthly follow on Patreon, patreon.com slash There are $1 and $5 tiers, but more is coming. Sharing the show, giving five-star reviews in Apple Podcasts, and liking and commenting on social, at Stephen Ray Morris on Instagram and Twitter, goes a long way to help boosting the show's visibility again online in this new era. I'm an independent podcaster and your support is so important and means the world to me in keeping this podcast running. Link to the Patreon is in the show notes. Hold on to your butts. Thank you. And now on to the show. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Filled with odd fright, see Jurassic right, with an ember light, see Jurassic right, see Jurassic right, 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 see Jurassic right, 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 see Jurassic right, 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 see Jurassic right, see Jurassic right, see Jurassic Park. This is the start of the podcast. <laughs> In-person podcast recording. Oh my gosh. What do we even do? What do we say? <laughs> I don't How even do know. do we do this anymore? This, it's, so, it's like sitting across from you. I mean, when was the last time I even saw you? I came over to your place one evening for some... Oh no! It w- I came over to your place to talk about, I think, Fallen Kingdom. No, it was, it was wait, a short. Wait, was really the last time you came over was when the last time you did SJR? Yeah. Yeah, and then we and then we went out um, to a bar. I forget what it's called, but it was a place that I sang uh, Michelle Branches everywhere. And someone came up to me afterwards and was like, "That was really good." <laughs> you have a better memory than I do, but you're right because that was like a beginning of the year. Like, you know, we've got like a year and a half from Dominion. That's right. Which is funny because you've been proven right since because <laughs> Justin Lin joked about um, a crossover with Jurassic Park. With yes. Jurassic World. So you've actually been proven correct since that time. So, God, we need we need it. Fa- fa- Fast and Furious, Transformers, and Jurassic Park. Because then, then the tour at Universal Studios is just the easiest thing. They just go through it. Yeah. And I guess Fold and Kong, because that's come back around. And you have to update some of those visuals. Peter Jackson's probably like, so here's the old Kong. Well, <laughs> but also we're, you know, we're kind of in a Brendan Fraser renaissance or, or uh, well, I mean, he is like he's on Doom Patrol. And yeah. but I, I almost would say like we're about to hit like where he's going to like anything that he was like huge in is yes. going to be. Thing. Brought back Jurassic World style, right? Brought back Muppet style, brought back you know Star Wars style, where it's like you know it's been twenty years, thirty years since the Mummy three, right, or whatever, and it's like 
Brendan Fraser is going to come out of retirement. Mummy Awakens. Yeah. Gods and Monsters Awakens. Mummies Awakens. <laughs> the Mummy World. Uh, and that's how you get that crossover. Can we get, I know we haven't started talking about Jurassic Park yet, but can we also get Ashley Judd back? What, they were in a creepy uh, movie together, right? Do I remember this Arachnophobia? Correctly? No, although. Directed by Frank Marshall, producer of Jurassic Park. That's true. I wouldn't. I would love both of them to be in the new Arachnophobia. I wouldn't mind a new Arachnophobia, but they were in a weird movie together where it was like very creepy. And Brenner Fraser was like living out in the woods. Oh, I don't know. Uh, great actors, both of them. They did great jobs, both of them. Uh, <laughs> I hope. <laughs> I feel bad recommending anything these days because if I haven't seen it recently, because then I go back and I'm like, I should have not told anyone. <laughs> I was gonna say we're recording our Lost World episode in a bit. Yeah, but the engine helicopters just flew by. They did. They did. Uh, we didn't. We thought it was just us on the island, but we'll talk about that next episode. What am I doing here? Basically, I just texted you. I'm like, I miss you, listeners. You know, like I haven't done that much with this podcast this year. I think it's just because, you know, it's that thing of like you want to talk about the thing that you like. Yes, and kind of getting back to the roots of that. And so mm-hmm. I was like, I just want to sit down and watch Jurassic Park again. Right. That's it. Of course. That's and I want to hang out with you. It's all it has to be. So that's the, that's the premise. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> this is a very like Evan thing, uh, our buddy Evan Kerna, but I was just like sitting with Omar. Like, that's what, <laughs> that's, is that what the series is going to be called? A uh, bit of background, I suppose, in case folks need it. Uh, I'm Omar. Mm-hmm. Uh, we met in college. And I want to say one of the first things we talked about. Was Jurassic Park. Oh, definitely. And I, I still remember that first picture because it's you, me, and Gellner. Yep. Alexander Gellner. And for some reason in my head, you had blonde hair, but it was me that had blonde hair. Yeah. Uh, well, I did at one point have blonde streaks when I was in middle school. So maybe you were just picking up on those. Yeah, yeah. Well, and, <laughs> Sympathetic and, vibes. Well, and it's funny because I think, and I actually, I don't really, I don't know if I know how you feel about this, but for me, and, and we're the same age, obviously, but like you know, kind of set things down after Jurassic Park 3. Obviously, mm-hmm. the franchise kind of went dormant. And so in college, I was like, well, I'm going to be like the arty filmmaker. Right. Like, I'm not even I'm yep. not going to be Quentin Tarantino. I'm going to be a Criterion Collection motherfucker. It was. Yeah. The people who it was like rolling your eyes at the people who were like, I'm going to make an indie film like Tarantino. And you're just like, oh, Sundance. Approved yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And you're just like, no, 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 no. I'm talking. <laughs> Red, white, yeah. blue. I'm. T- <laughs> I watch late period go dark. <laughs> yeah. yeah. What? Not even French people watch that. Uh, a woman is a woman. Oh, what a sellout project. <laughs> I love that movie. Um, but it was one of those things where, I mean, obviously, I still like Jurassic Park. Yeah. Like, I had my 22nd birthday that Annie and Ingrid and Monica like, and Tessa threw. That was a Jurassic Park party. Yep. yep. But that's actually around the time that we met. Yeah. Because I met you right at the end when I was graduating. That's right. And which is kind of funny, actually, in that way of like, we're in college, you, or at least for me, like in college, you kind of like reinvent yourself. I'm obviously yes. going to film school. I feel like we saw the Michael Bay. We like, I think we were perplexed by the people that wanted to be Michael Bay or like wanted to be blockbuster filmmakers because it just was like the conception of that was so far away from like what the kind of stuff we were doing. We, okay. Just so everyone, just so everyone knows we went to a theory school. Yes. I, I, I we were told it was the second best film school in the world at, in terms of like having like who are at like teachers were and stuff like that. I don't know how you judge humans. I'm sort of not into that whole pageantry of academia, but at what was supposedly the second best film school in the world, we learn things like where does uh, to talk about where does the film exist ontologically, she's at, right? Yes, uh, she's at N Fabula. Fabula. Uh, what is the effect of a cut from one thing to another? A montage. We're not talking about Kulishov Rocky effect. montage. Kuleshov effect. Uh, also, here's some things. Uh, uh, what does a camera represent as the ideological construct of the human psyche and experience, right? Fun things like this. And then you'd have students who would raise their hand and go, okay, yeah, but how do I make a million bucks? And that was like when we were like- Sit down, Tarantino. This is not the school for this. Well, yeah, so- Which is not to say, I think that honestly, if Michael Bay had gone to our school, he would have eaten it with a silver spoon because he would have been like, let's talk about musicals. Yeah, I I think I don't know. I I just it it just to me like and maybe this just shows like the kind of college experience I had where like (laughs) 
uh, college was like the magic school bus. Great. Uh, make mistakes, get messy, you know, all that jazz. Mm-hmm. So for me, I felt like you and I had a very, even though, again, we didn't, because you graduated a year after me and I, I did, ended up yeah. sticking around an extra year um, and we worked together on stuff. Yeah. But like, to me, like LA was like the enemy, you know? Yes. It was like yeah, this, yeah, yeah, yeah. like people who did summer internships. I'm like, you're insane. Like we have to go there anyway. Why are you? But Why? I'm like, oh, you were so smart because then you had a job at the moment you graduated. I had no idea. I taught after school science classes. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, and I, I went to London and dropped out after six months because I was like, this is dumb. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's just that kind of thing where I think you and I like shared a spirit of like, this is like. Well, to me, like you're a person who I like, I'll tell people all the time, like, I love that Omar will do these cool projects because he loves doing them. And it's like, that's the point of creativity. Right. You said at one point to me, and just so just so everyone knows, uh, keep track of this, because whenever I say just so everyone knows, this is the stuff that has to get highlighted in the notes. Uh, Steven was a slash the legend of our film school spirit award winner spirit award winner they resurrected they pulled it out of the walt disney vault they resurrected an award they hadn't given out in decades i think because they were just like steven's got to get this well in every year that they give it on either side of when i got it it always goes to two people i was the only year they gave you were the only one that got one because they were just like steve come on who who else you (laughs) csb i mean i literally made a film about a building and honoring the legacy of like you did, you, when the film department changed. You did Isla a Bellison. whole festival. Yeah. And I yeah. got, and I, to me, I guess I haven't watched it recently because a lot of that stuff is like on DVD weirdly. Yeah. And not digital, but I'm weirdly proud of the fact that I got like five teachers to act in a short together. That was great. I, I thought yeah. that was pretty cool. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, well, and it's funny because again, it's like weirdly t- meeting you and talking to you about Jurassic Park was like, Oh, like this is like I forgot that, you know, as much as like Lost in Translation yep. made me want to go to film school. Jurassic Park was like the magic of cinema. Yeah. For the first time. Lord of the Rings made me like the extended editions made me like, oh, wow. Like, look at the process of making a movie. That's right. cool. A hundred percent. The experience of it. Yeah. And then Lost in Translation was like, oh, the art. Like, yes. You know, yeah. so. Yeah. So when I met you and we were just talking about Jurassic Park, it was like, oh, my God, like I forgot how like good. The- right. It's yeah, because I where I came from and I wish it, you know, I really wish it was more arty. And there were like a few arty. Birdemic City. <laughs> no, OK, literally, I literally my hometown is where Birdemic takes place. So like when they go to like go see a movie or something like that, they're going to the Asian market we always go to. I'm just like, you got to pick up some mochi on your way to this <laughs> fictional film. But for me, it was like uh, Clerks. And Desperado and stuff like that. Uh, I should say El Mariachi and those films. But the thing is, they were and I was so excited to do that because they were so just you pull a camera and it was the ethos of it. It was just like there's no it's it's very Yoda. Like there is no like trying. Yeah, yeah. You just go out and you make the damn film and you put it out there. And if someone's like, there's a continuity error, you're like, I don't care. But <laughs> Jurassic Park. I mean, come on. <laughs> yeah. Where's that cliff go? Where'd the cliff go? The Rex step, Rexy stepped over, and then five minutes later, it's a cliff. And What's then happening? they fall down. Yeah. Look, I'm just... going to draw a sloping diagram <laughs> to try and make sense of this. It's a vampire dinosaur. Don't worry about it. She can float. But those movies and those things that were so seminal for what I wanted to do of just like, just screw you system were contingent, though, upon it wasn't screw you system to like, we hate the bad movies that are made that offend us. Mm. It was, we actually would love to make Jurassic Park. But we only have these five things laying around or uh, we're going to make a movie talking about like, I mean, in Clerks, a huge portion of it is like talking about Jaws. <laughs> it's like a thing of it. Star Wars. And Star Wars. It's a yeah, huge element of it. And it's sort of like the culture of these things. It's like the whole ecosystem of it. It's kind of like that art made more art. You know, Steven Spielberg and George Lucas made movies or I should say, you know, their filmmaking teams made movies and those and then people made movies because of those movies. Yeah. And yeah. I think it's great because it wasn't like a reaction to that sort of. So it was always this like weird home base. Yes. That's that, how like, I feel a, about Jurassic yeah, Park. Yeah, exactly. Like as yeah. a teenager, I was just like, oh, let's, you know, let's figure out what else we can do. They made a movie where they say the F word in every other line. I love this. But then it was just like, but home is Jurassic Park. Well, and to be fair to Jurassic Park and why I think it, it, in that way that like, you know, as much as art, you know, in the mood for love is really my favorite movie, whatever. Right. Steven Spielberg made a monster movie that was elevated. Yes. So it became more than the sum of its parts in that sense. 
I truly think, because I mean, we've talked about this quite quite a few times. Like, I have such a funny, like, familial um, relationship to the movie Jurassic Park. But like, stepping out of like my own stuff when I think about everyone, whenever we talk about Jurassic Park, I truly, truly think it planted this philosophical. I I want to say seedling, not even seed. I think it was mostly sprouted by the time it got. It was the watermelon and regrets, <laughs> right? <laughs> Where people really did stop to think about what are our conscious actions and what do we do? What's our responsibility? What's our relationship to nature? Stuff like that. And it wasn't this blatant anti-science sort of thing. It was this deeper feeling. But I think that so much of it was sucked into the fact that a T-Rex knocks down a a bathroom. You know, the fear and the experience of it as kids, I feel like there was this non-cynical conversation about our relationship to the universe that they just kind of cranked out. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, that, yeah, that it really was like, not that Spielberg wasn't trying, but the whole time he was making Jurassic Park, he's like, I just want to work on Schindler's List. Uh, yeah, exactly. It's, it's like the Universal movie. Which is hilarious. <laughs> yeah. The Universal monster movies, I feel like every so often, or maybe not the specifically the Universal ones, but like a lot of monster movies around that time, every so often at the end, especially sci-fi films, will drop a thing at the end where they're just like, and by the way, is America the real alien or something? And you're like, oh, you put some depth in there. Jurassic Park, every five minutes, like, and here's a new deep thought. And here's a new deep thought. And here's a new deep thought. Now run, run. Now let's talk about, like, the uncanny Sexism nature of survival situation. <laughs> right? yeah. Turns out it's man. <laughs> no, you're, you're so right about that, where it's not to disparage anything, but it's like sometimes for me watching, like, bold face dramas mm-hmm. don't make sense because that's not how like my life works and that's not right. how I deal with my problems for be it to you to judge. But to me, genre fiction always made more sense. Like to me, it's yeah. like when I think about the dilemma of, you know, these kind of like childhood things that when you talk to people about Jurassic Park specifically, you're like, wait, Alan and Ellie were together. Right. And it's like, well, if you think about it, they're on a business trip. Mm-hmm. So of course they're going to try and be professional. Right. And, you know, and uh, and to me, like rewatching the movie uh, today, it's like the only time where you get a very clear indication, but it's done in such a like two grown men uncomfortable, like with each other. <laughs> Dr. Sadler, she's not like available. And Alan is like, why? And he's like, oh, OK. So it's like never explicitly yeah. stated. it's done in this very like, I mean, I think. Jeff Goldblum is definitely more queer now. Right. You know, it still was a very like bro-y. They're not directly confronting it, you know? I would like to claim Alan Grant and possibly Ellie Sattler within the Grey Ace community because oh, interesting. they're so chill with each other in like that non-blatantly affectionate way that I feel like you'd have to communicate in a movie. And then when Ian comes in and it's just like, eh, I'm giving Swing off some his dick out. You're on a business trip, motherfucker. <laughs> yeah, like, exactly. have some decorum. He's just he- like, what about the ladies? And Alan Grant's like, I don't, I don't know how to process this. <laughs> Who was I talking to? I don't even think it was on a podcast, but it might have. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Uh, but we were talking about how like, Je- like Malcolm would be the one getting late at conve- math conventions, you know? Yes. And it's yeah. like, this is bad. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Ian Malcolm existed before cancel culture. And he, damn, is he lucky. Damn, yeah. damn, is he is he single-handedly very lucky for that. Because, and I think in the next movie, they kind of like round out some of those edges. But boy, in Jurassic Park, is he like, whatever. And you're just like, don't touch people's hands. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, what was I going to say about that? Oh, about. Ooh, Brenna's coming in. We're just talking about Alan and Ellie. We're just talking about Alan and Ellie. I uh, wrote down my train of thought. We're mm-hmm. in a different room now. Yeah, we <laughs> moved rooms. I know. I can't wait till this is like an actual um, proper studio space. I mean, there is a lot of Jurassic stuff around. So, you know, it's kind of setting the vibe. A hundred percent. I'm looking at a tiny little dinosaur baby shirt. So what I was going to say, because we were talking about genre fiction, relationships, you were saying that uh, Ellie and uh, Alan uh, would be a good example of like an ace couple. Yeah. And I, I love this because Spielberg doesn't really do deleted scenes. It feels like he just says, right. or like he doesn't 
sit with them. You know, he yeah. just kind of like obviously Lost World has like two big examples that for some reason are put back in for cable. <laughs> What's very funny is that the cut moments that we see from Jurassic Park that have like leaked online over the years, it's it's like moments that are like too much PDA. Right. Again, for me, it's I think it's very interesting that Spielberg made Jurassic Park in such a way that, you know, almost 30 years later, people are like, wait, they were a couple. Right. Right. There's something so interestingly, I think, in that personal. Right. There's something very personal about that with those characters. Yeah. Because they're not these sort of like the fact that. I think it's the fact that it's their relationship on their terms and we as the audience never privy to it. We don't have to like have our hands held walked through like here's how they met and here's what they did. They were just kind of like, we're a couple. And then, and they seem, and they're like, they clearly like don't see eye to eye on a couple per like their, you know, lifestyle things of what they want, like for the future. Yeah. Uh, at least in the beginning of the movie, but at no point are we like, that doesn't seem good. Do you know what I mean? There's not a like, scene later in the movie where like it's like no I want kids right right I mean in Jurassic in in in, in um Lost World there's a scene where it is like here is why the relationship is not working <laughs> whereas in this they're just like baby smell they smell and you're just like they seem happy yeah like, they seem like very happy with each other yeah that's a great point again deleted shots are like Alan sweeping Ellie off her feet and making right. Her- they cut the high five. You know, yeah. That's one of the most interesting <laughs> yeah. things. Yeah. <laughs> it's very interesting. And it plays like so fluidly in the, in the movie. Like it just works. And it's so funny. You're like, these are two characters. Yeah. And it's just like, we're so from the outside of it that it's almost like you meet two people and you're like, are they roommates or but coworkers? Are- <laughs> well, I like the, I, I like the way you framed it because it almost is like the scenes that we're not seeing are maybe the more like intimate, personal moments of like right. comforting each other like you get a little bit of that when ellie escapes from the bunker and mm-hmm. and alan is looking for her you know and she kind of like leaps at him you know but like that's just what you would do if you were right exactly her. right right there is no sort of pearl harbor of it all do you know what i mean like there is no like and by that i mean the movie not the actual event of course like, <laughs> sorry i really feel like you should clarify all that. clarification uh there's no armageddon of it like you know where i feel like there's like this bleeding don't want to close my eyes <laughs> like they might be even like in a way a romantic or something like that but in a way that i feel like indiana jones characters mm. have they're like attracted to one another obviously but they're not attracted to anyone else. Interesting. And that's like a fun sort of aspect. I feel like with these Spielberg characters in a lot of these movies, they are like, I love seeing them together because like, you know, Indy can flirt with someone, but he doesn't want to spend any time with them. Like he's so clearly just like, I just want to play with my maps and read my books and go punch Nazis. And then, you know, he like bumps into Marianne and he's just like, this is it. You know, like I'm obsessed with this person. And I, there's something so fun about that. And then when Ian comes in, he's like, I'm attracted to everybody. So, you know, let's all flirt together. And they're just like, we don't really do that. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Slow down. <laughs> well, and I find that interesting that there is more people nowadays. And I wonder, like, I think just because Samuel as an actor loves to play unlikable or like not unlikable, but he, not easy to love characters. Yes. And yet him, the Samuel, the actor it, especially during the pandemic became one of the most beloved people oh on Twitter. God. Just him and his sheep, him and his pig playing around lately <laughs> playing piano. Yep. Making really bad wine jokes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I would say this is the transition, but that's just been a lot of what's been on my mind. Watching this movie is just like water. Like yeah. it's just, I think you were saying like, just close your eyes and you can just pick up any a hundred percent, a hundred percent. It is the amusement park ride that transcends being just an attraction. It's like when I feel like we all have like one of these, I think for me, oddly enough, it might be the cars ride. It's California adventure where, or Storm River, California, rest in peace, but where you get on and you're just like, you exhale and you're just like, Oh, thank God. Everything just makes sense about it. You know, like, there's something very comforting about that, even when things are terrifying. Oh, yeah, just for like, sure. And it is such a scary, mo- a genuinely horrifying movie at times. 
Um, and that suspense is done so well, which I think that I took for granted because we were so lucky in the 90s between like him and Joe Dante and folks, mm. you know, it was like Twister and stuff like that. Yeah. You're just oh, like, yeah. oh, damn, like it, 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 genuinely terrifying suspenseful moments. And then when we kind of got out of a lot of this practical stuff, it was just like even some horror movies. I'm just like, oh, you're having to jump out a lot at me. <laughs> well, yeah, it's like they got to make bigger swings because... You know, sometimes CGI feels kind of weightless. So yeah. It's just like they got to just go bigger and bigger. But um, again, just like I, I don't mean to be like so meta about just doing this, but it's just like, oh, I'm going to take notes. And I'm like, I don't. Don't have to. I don't. <laughs> what What is there to talk about? This right. is like literally, but in a good way of like. Yes. So for me, I guess my question to you is rewatching this. And I don't know when the last time you just sat down and watched Jurassic Park. But like, yeah, what were like, did you notice anything new or Again, because I feel like for me, it, was, it wasn't that there wasn't new things I picked up on, but it was just very like, yes, this is the thing I love. Like, inspired yeah. by you, again, of like, I kept a cry counter for Jurassic Park of like, <laughs> yes. well, now this, all this is, is just reminding me of the people I love and like the good times. Like, that's yeah. literally what this movie is for me. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, it's, it's old buds. It's, it's old cinema buds too, because I feel like so much of it, one thing I was really paying attention to was I was like, what evokes the emotions for me? And so much of it was the shots and the movement of a camera or doing something that we see in like later movies kind of like get imitated or repeated, which is really fun. But it is the simple thing of like something moving in a frame, the T-Rex lowering her head and then the eye, you know, like tensing at that pupil, like changing when the flashlight is pointed and stuff like that. It's just those little things where I'm just like, oh, that's great. It's just, I don't know. It's like an orchestra landing the note at the same time, you know, like beat is dropping every five <laughs> exactly. seconds. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It was so much of that stuff. I think for me mm-hmm. where I was like, it's of course it's the lines. Of course it's the performances. Of course it's all these things. But I think it's like, there's certain moments when there's like this, like this alchemist has mixed everything together. And I don't mean to put it all on one person. Cause it's this entire hardworking collection of artists, yeah. you know, that did it. But it's just like when the light hits the costume and the sound is perfect on the line of dialogue and the music, you know, also hits a note and all of it comes together as the camera just pulls up to Alan's face or Ellie just turns her, you know, you're just like, wow, that's good. (laughs) Well, and to your earlier point, and I think probably what we were getting towards earlier when we were talking about our time in school on this podcast, a lot, I've asked a lot of people of like why hasn't there been a better dinosaur movie right. since Jurassic Park? And I think right. that's that's not being hyperbole. I mean, yeah, what what dinosaur movie has been better since, since right. the original? Again, again, not to disparage anything, but it, I feel like sort of maybe like a subconscious consensus has been sort of like, well, at the time, not only was it, you know, a great, you know, just a fun, it was Spielberg in his prime. Yep. It's a monster movie that's elevated because it's done by like a masterclass filmmaker and great actors. Mm -hmm. But also it was like, oh, this is the first time we're seeing dinosaurs for real. Right. Which is just hard to replicate. Like, it's just who knows when that when all that kind of stuff will come together. So in that way of like us connecting in college and like meeting, it's like, oh, yeah, like this isn't some blockbuster machine man you know uh, you know breathless uh you know what like this is a great movie yeah (laughs) full stop you know and so i don't need to be like i mean i don't know if i was like ever ashamed of liking this movie but it definitely was like oh yeah like i think nowadays like you know 10 years into the mcu like obviously Mm -hmm. nerd culture is just pervasive and i think we've like moved beyond irony yeah look if you pretend to like something long enough you just like it exactly adam murray keeps getting b-movie gifts like you know what i mean like (laughs) so i think it's like it it, i think like when we were in college you know as things like the mcu were happening and things were starting to be remade and stuff like that it was just sort of almost like the perfect time for us to be like oh yeah these things we liked as a kid they have value beyond like whether it's just a good or whatever movie their value is in the experience that it gave us. And like how many movies made people want to be paleontologists? How right. many movies made people want to be a filmmaker? Right. Cause you saw Jurassic park and every person I've talked to is like, well, it either made me want to be a paleontologist or made me want to be a filmmaker. Right. Like how many, uh, what other movies? A hundred percent. 
you know, like, yeah, I'm just gestating. Like I'm on a podcast, you know what I, I, yeah. I don't know. That's just me like word vomiting. I think you'd have to get into like Miyazaki and animators or something, right? Like to, to, to find another one that you'd be like, this points to it, you know, yeah. or, or I mean, I guess you'd go back to star Wars. Yeah. Like, I think that it would have to be something sort of that massive, but I feel like there's something so interestingly quiet about the genre. I know that later we do get to dinosaurs all the time, but this is the movie. Cause you know, watching the other two, it's, it's been something that I've been like, what's, what's different about these ones. And it, it takes so long for them because the whole gimmick of it i mean you do get this massive reveal you know when they get out of the jeep and stuff like that but after that it's this slow crawl of the zoo gone wrong that you know the michael Crichton of it all yeah yeah where it's you just getting little glimpses and like you see a goat before you see a dinosaur you know what i mean like well and you know credit to jay bayona sort of being like what's interesting about jurassic park is that there were action set pieces in the movie that didn't involve dinosaurs mm-hmm. and so for like fallen kingdom like i appreciated that element of having an action set piece or two that didn't involve dinosaurs. yeah and to your point because when we were texting about this i loved your idea of thinking of these you know because again it's like in some weird way like i have uh, more notes for the lost world than i do for jurassic park because like in your brain you can't help but compare you know exactly. and so for part of me and, you know, uh, we'll get to Lost World, you know, in, in the next episode. But again, like I was keeping what you said in mind. Oh, the Lost World is a movie that is all about like vacillating between like camp and like Richard Attenborough documentary. Right. So it's like <laughs> Universal Monster, Planet Earth. And like yeah. finding the joy in that is like what makes that movie unique. But we'll get to that later. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. I guess for you watching movies, especially a movie that you love, is there like a way that you, I mean, especially with Jurassic Park, are there things that you gravitate towards every time or those the like, are there things that you think of every time you watch the movie or does it, I'm asking a million questions. Cause again, for me, it's like, I just am reminded of life experiences at this point. And yeah. I guess for you, like what were some things that the movie brought up for you? It's so interesting. Cause you know, I think as I get older, it's, the only way I can really harken back to what it was legitimately like, and this is getting into mortality, so this starts to get, get a little deep. You know, like I think about every set, like uh, I've always been very interested. I think there's sort of like a filmmaker instinct in, in a sense where it's like you want to capture something, right? And like I think when I got old enough to realize that childhood is temporary, it's not like a permanent state, and you're just like, oh, whoa, like my five-year-old self is about, is going to disappear, you know, in a, in a way, like I'll, I won't have those instincts or whatever anymore. You start to then try to sneak a lot of that stuff into stories so that you can at least reference it. And then it gets harder and like, oh, you know what I mean? Like now, even as like, I'm in like my thirties now and thinking back, like, what was it like to be 19? I, I can't, it's really hard to remember, you know, it's really hard to remember like what those instincts were like. Yeah. And What's so fascinating about Jurassic Park is that it was something that was so concrete. You know, my family didn't do, my family, we went on trips and stuff together, but like, it really did feel like when we watched movies, it was a big event and it was like a unifying event for my family. And it's the, so that this is a long preamble, I suppose, is saying that like the, I still get 
the joy of seeing daytime bark. <laughs> and that to me is the most exciting thing where it's it still takes me back to being a kid and being terrified of this VHS. And my parents were just like, are you sure you want to watch, you know, <laughs> because it's so scary in the beginning. It's still so scary and so jarring. And just like these quick cuts and these like RoboCop monsters just fluttering, you know, just like going yeah, yeah. about these killing machines. And then finally, when you get back to daytime, you're like, keep it in the day. And it's just so beautifully woven in where all the time you get to spend in the day, I just, in my mind, most of the movie takes place in daylight with them just going and checking out the park because as a kid, I just held on to those scenes so hard or like white knuckles where I was just like, don't let the sunset, don't let the storm come because <laughs> I know it's coming and it's just terrifying after that until finally we get back outside after the raptors and stuff. And that is so like, that still sticks with me. And I just feel like that's such, that was such a good conscious decision, which is something I loved in Fallen Kingdom as well. Was like, I feel like we got back to that like, the night, you know, it just got to nighttime and I was like, this won't be good. You know, I was just like knew I was like, even the action, like you're saying like the action scenes during the daytime on the island in Fallen Kingdom. Yeah. It is. I know there are dinosaurs there and that's a part of it, but really those action set pieces are escaping from like volcano stuff. Yeah. You know, almost drowning and almost drowning and Look, stuff like that. You get to see dinosaurs swim. That's fun. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but it's, it's, it's kind of fun in a way. Like at no point during the daytime scenes, are you just like, I have to feel emotionally worried about this stuff until like there's like one or two tear jerking moments. But then when the sun sets at the end of that movie and you're watching that third act and like people are driving up to the house and mm. stuff, it took me back to Jurassic Park where I was just like, don't like this. <laughs> <laughs> Not safe. You know, it feels very like primal in a way. Yeah. And I am just amazed that even after all these years of talk, I've watched this movie at least once a year, at least once a year. Yeah, yeah. It still can give that primal response of nighttime scary, noise is scary. I mean, again, like the um, cry counter, <laughs> but also when Rexy roars mm -hmm. at Grant the first time, I mean, and I've been really into VR lately, to have a movie like make you feel you are like actually standing in front of like a giant thing that's like could eat you like yeah. is wild. Yeah. And to your point earlier, I definitely felt the same way, you know, and I think it's something that's like hard, like in a way can feel hard to talk about in a weird way. This time watching it was really nice because, again, it's like these moments where I'm like, oh, I can't like. So many people are like, oh, why don't you go watch Jurassic Park at the drive-in or like see it in theaters again? And it's like, this is so personal for me. Like, nobody wants to see me like crying, like, <laughs> like heaving, sobbing yeah. because it's like, I mean, it's an outlet, you know? Yeah. But in that way of like, I, I feel like watching this time was like a really good corner because I, I mean, I should take what you're saying. How do you get that feeling and extend it into the things that you do? Yeah. Which I really like. I mean, our good buddy, Evan you know, he's been in L.A. for a long time, but mm -hmm. like we, we don't see each other as much as like, I, you know, as we, you know, we were roommates for like three years. But I like remember probably drunk, like texting, like, I'm so grateful for you, man. Like, well, you know, <laughs> yeah, but it was like one of those things when Art 7A, going back to UCSB, was this like performative art class. Yep. And I definitely that was like a really like I'm still trying, like I'm still like dealing with that class because it kind of like exposed a lot of things about the way I like interpret art or whatever. Mm -hmm. Like I'm still figuring out what all that meant. Right. Um, but one of the things I'm so grateful for is that Evan taught me that like art is a gift that you can share with people. And I feel like you have that in common with Evan. I feel like you're somebody oh, thank you. like, I feel like you're somebody who, and that's something that I like try and like, I actively like, if I'm making something like, yeah, is this going to like, give or take away like right. that's always like in my that's that's been in my head ever since then. yeah but i love what you said about jurassic park of how can i can i octopus this into like other things of mine because it's like i get this visceral reaction because it's like thinking of times when i was happy like happiest mm -hmm. but it doesn't have to be something that's sad right uh because i think that's kind of how i felt for a while i was like a little embarrassed by it and then right but i think now it's like no well how can i share that like the fact that that that's how much it means to me. It's like, well, how can I pass on that on to somebody else? I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. It's like the hardest part of this entire, I'll say quarantine, not pandemic, because the hardest part of the pandemic was the fact that there was a global pandemic that happened. But the hardest part of the quarantine for me, I think, was 
not being able to go to film events because like going to movies and stuff like that is absolutely great. Like I absolutely love just going by myself to an arc, let rest in peace and <laughs> grabbing a beer and sitting down and watching, you know, uncut gems or something like that and just being stressed out on my brain <laughs> for two hours. But when you'd go to something like new Bev or something like that, and there was just like someone who's just like, like, here's a random movie, you know, like, or, you know, it was, we were so spoiled in film here's school. Dumbo drop. I don't know why right? that was the here's, first reference. I thought great. Of. Yeah. Here's, here's Dumbo drop. And the thing is, you know, I watched this when my dad was in the hospital and this pulled me through and I'm just, you know, let's watch it and talk about it. I'm really obsessed with it. And it's just these weird little things that you can share. And like in film school, we were so spoiled because professors would just come in and just tell you this massive thing about a movie. You know, they're just like Saturday night, Sunday morning. I was like, this is the argument for like, this is the most anti-capitalist film you'll ever watch in your life. And it's just about some guy in England. And it's just, there's something about that that is like, that's the thing I've been missing is just like sharing those, that stimulation. And not in terms of just like constantly getting a dopamine rush, but it does feel like there is a weird sense of connection. I mean, that's why I love opening movie nights, you know? And, And I, in a way, I feel bad for feeling so strongly about that when people are like, oh, just watch it on Sunday or like, I'll catch it maybe on when it comes out in video. And I'm like, but the feelings of like opening night, that electricity. And I described this. I don't know why I'm plugging my Jurassic Park book that I wrote (laughs) before Jurassic World came out, molding a Jurassic universe. But if anything, it just made me think of when we all saw Jurassic World together. Yeah. And I think we live in this kind of world now where we appreciate when people are passionate about other things because yeah. life is just so fucking hard that we're like, <laughs> you love that thing. Good for you. Yeah. I love your love. I wrote about like, a, it was like a article a year later or something after the book came out, but it was like for the header, I Photoshopped myself onto Steve Zissou's face uh-huh. when he finally sees the shark and everyone just like, because in that movie, it represented this trauma of like losing his best friend yep. and this kind of like Moby Dick-esque futile chase. And like he finally saw the shark and it's like everyone just like held on to him. And to me, there was like an element of that when we all saw Jurassic World together. And it was right. like, it didn't matter if we liked the movie, whatever. Yeah. It just was like, oh, I'm feeling so loved right now. Yeah. Isn't that weird? I don't know. It's, you know, it's so amazing because like everyone when we went to go see that and it was people from all over and granted, like you did make a great night of it where everyone got like slap. Oh yeah. We get, I forgot about that. But like we went, the thing is like we went before to like a place to grab some drinks and stuff like that and meet up so we could all just like get our catches, you know, catching up out of the way. We made sure we were in the seats, like on time we sat down, we watched the thing at the very end, a guy yelled, roll it back. <laughs> Do you remember that? Holy shit. I totally, <laughs> I didn't forget, but like, I I feel like when we've hung out in many times since that moment, I feel like that is a special moment that we've talked to other people about. <laughs> right. of like, isn't that insane? But amazing. Afterwards, there was so much reaction to it. And I think that's what's so cool about it is that like there is this like experience and it's not tangible, like not to get back into film theory stuff that we were talking about earlier, but you can't touch it. You can't hold it. Like you can hold like a DVD whatever but like the thing the the fact that we can't go there it is not a thing you can take and ingest i think this like explains like why looking around this room there's so much stuff is because we keep making these like totems and things that we're like can we get close to this weird space that just we hugging this brachiosaurus toy tightly <laughs> yeah. like ah. what was uh elisa's film where it's like the copy of a copy oh simulacrum yes thank you. yes and that whole thing you're yeah. just a copy of a copy <laughs> Yeah, I mean, uh, Mia said it best. Mm -hmm. It is interesting that in Jurassic World, when the big flourish happens, Brachiosaurus. Yeah. Welcome to Jurassic Park. You know, that happens when you see a dinosaur. Right. But that moment in Jurassic World is when you see a real theme park. Like Jurassic Park is. A hundred percent. So it's this like layer of us being like, oh, we always wanted to see a working dress, you know, every, yeah. every Jurassic Park podcast, because it is a great question. Yeah. Is like, would you go to Jurassic Park? I've asked it on this podcast too. That's the genius of that moment. I think yeah. I've realized more and more just trying to like capture it. 
Because I think something, yeah. I think what it is is that, like that wasn't very stunner. <laughs> just trying to capture it. You know, it's just like I think a huge aspect of it too is that there is this non-blatant, and I feel like the MCU shares this quite a bit. That there is, and I would say like also folks who are really the non-toxic fans of Snyderverse. I don't want to get in trouble for saying that. Don't don't at me about it. I, hey, listen, man. I am I like Man of Steel, so I'm not I'm not here to fight. Look, Ma- Maggie Lovett, my dear friend, who I've had on my Star Wars pod a bunch. She's the best. She was an extra. You can see her a mm-hmm. bunch in Wonder Woman too. She said on Twitter, "If you have, if you like Star Wars, you fought in the Star Wars." <laughs> I'm like, yes. <laughs> so it there's something where like you know when you're talking about a thing. When there's just a very surface level nerdiness of it, where you're just like, this is a popular thing, let's talk about it, right? And then there's another level where you're agreeing on something. And I love that with through movies, it's kind of hard to say exactly what it is. And I feel like DC is such an interesting version of that. I think Marvel's a little bit more upfront where they're just like, our villains are like, they can't dance and they're jerks. And you're just like, yeah, actually, you know, we're all pretty unified in this. But like, I feel like with, with DC, it's a very interesting example where there is something in there. I can't point to it. I can't point to a moment, but like there is something with Batman where I'm just like, if someone's like, I love Batman because he fights, you know, people who dress like penguins. I'm like, okay, whatever. But then there's some people who just like, Batman's very important to me. And you just feel something, you know, in your body, there's a chemistry that agrees where you're just like, I, I don't know what it is, but I, I agree with you. And there is something with Jurassic Park. And I don't know if it's a respect for nature or optimism or <laughs> how many weddings have the Jurassic Park theme song. <laughs> right. We have friends. Right. Our friend Kristen, who, you know, we're on the, maybe we'll eat and we'll show up Jurassic Park oh, yeah. party together. You know, her wedding, Classic. full on dinosaurs. Didn't want to make it JP because it didn't want to be like a branded sort of situation, but it was very, you know, clearly J. I wore a Jurassic Park shirt under my dress shirt, which There's I later some, took like, off. Tammy the, and the, the T-Rex references <laughs> yeah, right? and some Carnosaur <laughs> and some We're Back, just to make it fair. Oh, it's exactly, exactly. Just to, just to <laughs> sort of not playing favorites. But there is something I feel like when you, when you do connect, and I hesitate to say it's in fandom, right? I feel like fandom is almost like a different thing. I feel like fandom is more Comic-Con. I feel like Jurassic Park is you're just hanging out with some, like someone's, you know, boyfriend at, and, you, and he's, he doesn't know anyone. So you're just chatting with him and you're like, what are you into? And you're like, oh, the Chargers moved and you know, whatever. And then later, so you know, Chargers, you know, there was a joke in Fong King or in Lost World. Sorry. That's weird thing. You're like, hold on, hold on. Do you like Jurassic Park? And it's like. I love Jurassic Park. And suddenly you're just like, we got, we got it. I mean, Jurassic Park is, you know, people sometimes don't even know how many sequels there are. Like, it's right. just, you know, so yeah. it's an interesting, like, thing to love. And it's been a thing of like, and I think you and I are similar in that sense yeah. of like, well, obviously I, you know, love Jurassic Park and can create an argument for why I love every movie. And I do generally love every yeah. movie and I can get into that lore and stuff. Like I've been obsessed with Ben Meckler's mortal podcast recently. Yeah. Yep. And it, I feel like I'm coming from a similar place of like, but also we, we know a lot of people who might only know that dress park has four sequels, you know, right. And a short film, uh, <laughs> you know, and Cat yeah. is really good. You know, yeah. uh, I don't know for me, I feel like, I enjoy living and I guess this is wrapping up, but in doing this mm-hmm. again, I just wanted to hang out with you and then like, let's, <laughs> and I wanted Abigail to make that sweet art. Uh, but uh, the things that I was thinking of watching Jurassic park, like it wasn't, you know, cause I even like wrote down like dominion connections to things like, you know, thinking about it, like in that nuts and bolts kind of way. Right. But it's like, honestly, I just wasn't thinking about that stuff watching. Yeah. It. Like I just was thinking of like, 22nd birthday dressed up as Malcolm yep. and Annie dressed up as Camille as Kathy all <laughs> bloody. Like I'm like trying to think of one specific memory. I'm thinking of a million memories, but like, you know, just going universal or, yeah. you know, it's like a walk down memory lane now. Like every, yeah. every moment in Jurassic park is marked with here's like a time. And like, here's people I saw this with, like at the end of this episode, I'm going to play 1993. That song I did, mm-hmm. you did the Hammond impression. That was really great. That's the thing I'm thinking of. Yeah. I mean, is there any other movies that do that for you? You know what? That's such a good, I'm positive. That, Cause I think what the thing is, is that it's, it's just a movie. 
I think a lot of films have to be elevated to a thing where it's like, it made this change and it did this, and that's all very historically important. Or it'll be something where it's like, you they know. They gave their Brachiosaurus guns. <laughs> and then they turn them into walkie-talkies, and Ugh. Steven was like, I'm so sorry about this, and turn them <laughs> back. But like, it's, the, it's you know, honestly, I, I do have an answer for this. It's this or episodes of the show Goosebumps. I was, you know, it's funny, <laughs> I was kicking myself for not getting this out sooner, but you did Jurassic Park in Spanish. That was great in high up. school. And the thing I say all the time to people is Omar made an episode of Goosebumps that had better production value than the actual Goosebumps <laughs> show. I say that I, I've definitely said that to like 10 people. My roommates hated that we took two days. <laughs> they did not understand that process. What was happening? <laughs> Come on. They use the dog bark setting on the keyboard. Anyway, sorry. But it's but it's something in that where it's like, and this is something I've been thinking about a lot recently, and I'm just like, this is the energy I'm trying to bring into Jurassic June, where it's like, it's pulp in a way where it is, I'm really starting to appreciate that things are just fun. And it's, I think, and there's so many bigger things that we get to talk about, but all those things, because it comes from a core of something just being pulpy fun, mm. that those things also become fun. And I think that, like, for example, like a movie, like, you know, when people talk about Arrival or something like that, it's just like, or Primer, where it's just like, but what is this? Let's figure it out. Or I feel like sometimes, like, we don't live here anymore. Later. I don't know why that was. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but like later Nolan films and stuff, people, we've gotten kind of into, does this make sense? Does it work? Marvel shows, where it's like, did this all connect? Did we get the thing right? And while I'm not saying that's everyone's experience, like, whatsoever, that's mostly if you're like watching way too much, you know, YouTube nerdy stuff. But like, I truly love that I feel like when you talk to someone about Jurassic Park and the reason I bring up Goosebumps is because it is unabashedly fun and it might not be positive. I don't think it's negative. I'm not saying it makes you a morally better person, yeah. although I do think that it does make you, I, do, I personally think that watching Jurassic Park makes you a better person, but it's not even about that. It's not some Oscar sort of like mm. tempting stuff where it's like, but it'll solve racism if you watch the movie. It is something where it is like, it, it is absolutely an amusement park of a film. And I think there's something so important and so uniting that people from all around the world can watch this film and just have fun. Yeah, it's, it, again, it's like water. Exactly. It's like rippling water. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, I think, you know, that's as good a place as any. <laughs> I love you, man. This is so much fun. Right back at you, None man. Of, you know, I had notes. Let me. <laughs> but yeah, what did you write just, down? Just to like entertain the fact that I wrote down notes earlier. <laughs> we didn't talk about like Nedry or because we, we've said so much. I mean, there are five Jurassic Park movies. Mm -hmm. There's one short film. There's yep. two seasons, soon to be three of an animated TV show. And a couple of video games and a book. The Tops comics that if you know the movie, you know the comics. And, and so for, yeah, I, it's just like, oh, I don't want to just come on here and say things. I mean, I'm sure I've repeated myself, but um, what was I going to say? Oh, Malcolm invented snark. <laughs> That's a great note, Steven. Uh, well, thank you, Omar. Thank you. Um, where can people find you, follow you, all that good stuff? You can follow me if you want. You don't have to. But if you want to find me on Twitter. I mean, you've been on this podcast. Again, literally the last time we saw each other was when you were on this podcast. Yeah. But again, it was right before the pandemic. So. Uh, at Omar Najam on Twitter. I also am running Hatbox Goat. Uh, that is Hatbox Goat. It is a fake Disneyland announcements Twitter. I'll pitch that. I might hop on TikTok as well, just because I'm a man in my 30s sitting around doing nothing. <laughs> well, also every year, you when people live tweet the Oscars, you live tweet an Oscar from the past, <laughs> year. which is cool. You did 93 before, right? I believe so. Or I remember you. Well, I guess Lion King was like 94. Yeah. I remember. Feel like, or maybe you did Beauty and the Beast. Beauty and the 91. Beast was. Yeah. Because I also learned a lot about animation that year because they were like, they didn't care at all about it. So <laughs> but we're going to give Beauty and the Beast the best picture nomination. And then they were just the like, oh, we got to figure out. And then I think after that, they're like, we should probably. No, it wasn't animated. It didn't even come till Shrek. Yeah. 2000. Yeah. So good uh, job, Shrek. <laughs> anyway, it's very funny when you do it. But Thank to you. me, the funniest was when you did just like a year before. And it was like, <laughs> it was last year's like what the hell? Like, what's happening? But I, I love it so much. Thank uh, you. Yeah. And I'm going to, well, I mean, we'll hear Stephanie's amazing synth Jurassic Park cover probably playing over this right now. But uh, stick around for that 1993 and Omar's uh, great 
John Hammond impression. years old and if I may be so bold I'm alive that's how they knew we clocked the T-Rex at 32 when believe me I felt fear my father asked do you want to stay here but I would not stumble it was just too beautiful and I still remember 1993 and I still remember And I still remember 1993 It's been some 20 some odd years And I feel the same old fears I am pulled and then I'm pushed And being here is not enough But if I could have one wish I would ask, how did you do this? I refuse to fade away And life will find a way And I still remember I still remember 1993 And I still remember And I still remember 1993 And I still remember I still remember 1993 And I still remember And I still remember 1993 of the entire planet. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bolin Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bolin Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bolinbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.